everyone, it's Gloria, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 4 of Misfin Dependent. Today, I'm here with Brendan Lee Young, who is the CEO and co-founder of Passive, an investing tool to help users automate their investment portfolio and make DIY investing easier. We will be chatting about what Passive is, the story behind the tool, how it can help DIY investors, Brendan's thoughts on the future of wealth management, and more. Hope you enjoy. I am here today with Brendan Lee Young, who is the CEO of Passive. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. And thanks so much for having me on your podcast, Gloria. I really appreciate it. A bit about me. I Maybe you can tell I have a bit of an accent. I'm from a small twin island in the Caribbean called Trinidad and Tobago. I've been living in Canada for just over 11 years and I came to Canada to complete my university degree. When I got here, I saw that there was so much opportunity. I just decided to stay. So I called my mom and my girlfriend up at the time was like, hey, guess what? I'm just not coming back. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and then that, that decision sort of like put me on a path to eventually, you know, found in passive. So I, I worked a bit. I had a few side hustles because the job that I got didn't really like pay me a whole lot. I used my nest egg to invest in education. So I went back to school. I did an MBA after finishing my MBA. I just worked in tech for three years and met my co-founder and we decided to take the leap and form passive really. Awesome. And can you tell us about what Passive is? Yeah. So Passive is a portfolio management tool that safely connects to your brokerage accounts, and it helps you to manage your portfolio and maintain your target allocation. It works by calculating the trades you need based on the target allocation you set up and the available cash you have. And once you see those trades that are displayed in Passive, you can click a button and have those trades be placed at your broker. It's almost like if you can turn your brokerage account into your own personalized robo-advisor service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's awesome. We'll get into how you founded Passive in a bit. My next question for you is, what is your relationship with money? It's definitely a, a love-hate relationship in the sense that like, I I love the idea of building wealth, but I hate spending money. So uh, maybe it sort of works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically uh, in the Caribbean, parents sort of like tell their kids, you know, um, stay at home, live at home, don't, don't go buy a house or rent, just live with us until you get married and while you're living with us, save. And so uh, that sort of thinking, especially like saving money has sort of been really entrenched in me as a kid. And and now as an adult, I, I actually don't like to have debt. And I think it's just like a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And um, But at the same time, I, I also like to spend money. So I think my, my problem really you know, getting a job and being on my own was like, hmm, I have this money that I've never had before and um, it's so tempting to spend it. But I I sort of like make a budget. I, I follow my budget religiously. But what I do on top of that is I just make sure I pay myself first. So when, when I do that, whatever cash is left in my bank account is basically what I use to have a good life and enjoy time. Because it's like fi- fi- finding that balance really, right? You mm-hmm. 
you don't want to like be too frugal and not enjoy life, but at the same time, like you don't want to just be spendthrift and get into debt and all that stuff. So um, basically, I I pay myself first, and whatever is left over, I use it to live and in, enjoy life. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, pay yourself first is one of the life mottos that I live by as well. I think it's so important just to put that money aside for retirement or whatever your financial goals are and then, you know, enjoy your life because we only have one life to live. So yeah, that brings me to my next question, which is kind of how did you get into investing? (laughs) Do you want the short story or the long story? I'll give you the short (laughs) one. Um, All right. So basically... I sort of like did a course called value investing in university. And so I like the idea. Of, well, actually, I watched The Wolf of Wall Street and that sort of fascinated me about money and not 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 necessarily what the guy did in, in, in Wolf of Wall Street, but just like the thought of like making good stock picks uh, and, and like finding good companies and getting rich. That sort of appealed to me. And so, like, I I came across this course. It was called Value Investing. And I thought I was going to be, like, like the top dog in the class and, you know, like, get rich while I'm in university. And so, first week or so, the the prof just says, listen, if you're taking this course, uh, you need to know something. And and he was like, well, basically, I think the stat was 85% of active fund managers fail to be the index. And that number increases to, like, 95% if you look at it over a long period of time. And so his point was, just because I'm teaching you value investing, which he sort of put it as, I guess, like another form of passive investing, because you do a lot of research on the front end, you buy and you hold that stock forever. He sort of said another alternative was just like buying the index. And when I, when I got that piece of nugget in class, I was like, holy cow, maybe I'm just like approaching this wrong. I was kind of like, okay, my one takeaway from this entire class is just buy the index and I'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so th- basically after taking that course, it just it just really got me into the markets. Really, I have to thank that professor. His name is Iben Otute. He's a, a, a professor at the University of New Brunswick and he really like opened my eyes to investing and that just sort of taking that course just changed my entire life really. Wow, that's awesome. So that was like the most recent thing. But the other thing, as as you mentioned, is like saving, right? So in the Caribbean, inflation is pretty high. And the returns you get from your your bank is just like minuscule. You're not even beating inflation. So just got me thinking, well, saving kind of makes no sense because in, in the context of growing wealth, like saving is good for a rainy day, but if you're trying to build wealth, you're not going to do it because you'll never beat inflation. And so that sort of like was another like factor in my de- decision to want to be an investor. And what's what's kind of funny is that like my mom, she's saved all her life, but I personally think that she could have gotten a bit more if she were able to invest. And the problem being living in the Caribbean is that your your access to assets and investment options is quite limited because you, you can't just open a brokerage account and, and buy a, an index fund. You usually have to go through your bank and uh, they take a lot of money. I remember watching uh, one of her statements. And so the fund told her she'd get about I think it was like a, a, a 3% return, but their management fee was like 
two percent. Oh my gosh! So I was like, "Well, what are you doing? You yeah. cannot be saying inflation. You're not yeah. making any money." I'm wondering, like, is investing change in the Caribbean nowadays? Like, since like there's more access to internet, and since there's a lot more, I guess, democratization of investing. Unfortunately, not. Like I, I get a lot of friends of mine saying, "Brendan, when is passive coming to the Caribbean?" And the biggest problem really boils down to for access to foreign exchange, and so like if locals can't get U.S. dollars to invest, a lot of folks have turned to cryptocurrencies. Some some of my friends talk about building wealth using forex trading. Oh my gosh! Um, some. <laughs> I say this because like people don't understand their options and oftentimes you, you, you'd, you'd fall for someone that's dangling a carrot. that's like, Oh, you'll get rich. You'll get wealthy. Mm-hmm. The truth is you probably should look at getting rich slowly over time because there's no, yeah. unless you had the foresight to know what Bitcoin was going to do 10 years ago. Uh, there's, 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 there's no <laughs> quick path, I think. And even that, like Bitcoin is not a quick path to wealth, in my opinion. Yeah, I actually I saw on Reddit that your your co-founder used cryptocurrency, like his investments in cryptocurrency, to start passive. Yeah, that that's kind of wild. <laughs> um, so we we joke about that all the time. My co-founder, his name is also Brendan. Full name is Brendan Wood, so I call him Wood. And uh, he basically had a mini crypto index that he was running. Oh wow! And um, I think it was biased towards like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and, and a few other coins. But basically, he cashed it out. He's like, you know what? I'm going to pay up my house and use this money to start a company. And the rest is history. Cashed it out. We funded Passive and been bootstrapped ever since thanks to crypto. So wild, right? Like, it's, Yeah, like, you never would have imagined. Well, I think it's ironic because, uh, ironic in a good way, because like, you know, we, I, I genuinely believe the average investor, if they can keep their emotions in check, could benefit from just following an index investing strategy. And so when you look at something like Bitcoin, which is very volatile and speculative, to think that powered us and our ability to start something to help people do passive investing is is kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> also, to that note, I'm not against crypto. I actually like the technology and I see benefits to it. Um, so don't be surprised if one day you see passive supporting a cryptocurrency exchange. Because interestingly enough, a lot of our users are software developers. And um, we constantly hear, um, passive is great, but I wish it could factor in my crypto assets that I hold and and help <laughs> me rebalance those. And so that's something we're, we're, we're going to do this year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So why did you start passive? Yeah. So so like we, I was... Well, I say I, but Brendan Wood, because he he was the one that built the script. Brendan was following the Canadian couch potato model ETF portfolio. And oh yeah, I do that too. Yeah, right. <laughs> like Dan bought a lot. He like this guy probably single-handedly saved mm-hmm. Canadians a lot of money. Um, big big shout out to that. Yes. Um so anyway, so Brendan was doing the, his thing with the the Canadian couch potato portfolio. And um he was doing it for his retirement account, his tax free savings account, and then he was also managing his wife and his kids' money as well. And so he had this mass he started off with this massive spreadsheet and it just got so time consuming and having to like 
do all the trades and all that stuff just like became like a huge time suck. So he built this script to to help him do mm-hmm. it. And so when him and I met up, which was maybe like a couple months later after he built his script, uh, he was telling me about it. And, you know, we... I, I had the same problem he had and I was just like following the Canadian couch potato for myself. And I, I didn't like using spreadsheets and every Friday I'd, I'd like have to hide from my boss, break open, break on, break, break <laughs> open my Excel spreadsheet to figure out like how many trades I'm going to place and then place them. And so when he told me about passive, I instantly got it cause I had the same problem. And um, that, that sort of pain got us curious because we're like, well, if he has that problem and I have that problem, how many other people out there have this problem? And um, Mm -hmm. that sort of thinking is what made us reach out to the mods at the Personal Finance Canada subreddit. And they were the ones that let us post and, you know, like get early users and it just snowballed from there. It turns out a lot of people had the exact same problem that we did. And um, yeah, everything just sort of snowballed. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. So I think that, yeah, like Reddit has just so much information and is such like a great resource. And I guess, yeah, it's like a great place to access people who are into personal finance and want to try something new. So I think that's, that was a really smart idea. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you and I, I like it because you see that like I'm 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 not like a big personal finance expert. Like I understand passive investing. I couldn't tell you anything about tax planning or using the Smith maneuver and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, like I just think it's so cool that and I say this knowing the times we're in right now with Wall Street bets, but um <laughs> I, I, I think it's so cool that someone can go to a community and and just get a lot of life-changing help from people that have already gone through the same things that they've got they're, they're going through now or struggling with and um, I, I think that's the power of reddit that's the power of community and it's 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 things like this that's going to lead to what I think is the unbundling of finance because you know in the past when you wanted financial advice you'd go to your bank you'd go to mm-hmm. you know um, yeah, I guess you're a banker because, like, I I'm, I didn't grow up rich. I didn't have, like, a, a family asset manager. Yeah. Call. Um, so you go to your banker. Your banker would put you in a mutual fund and maybe sell you some insurance and that's it. And you'd go mm-hmm. thinking, huh, okay, I'm good. I'm covered, right? Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like going being able to go to a community and get that type of advice and maybe use tools like passive or robo advisors you're just seeing this this huge unbundling of finance and um communities are driving that unbundling because it's just maybe a trust thing i i think people people now trust their friends more than they do their banker and part of it i think is what happened in 2008 with um that global recession Mm -hmm. and a lot of people just got wary of their banks telling them what to do and it just sort of like became this thing where you trust people who you know that have been through things and that's why like blogs and podcasts like this has really taken off and and helped tons of people just take their wealth into their own well not their wealth but take their financial future into their own hands and build wealth and um 
to, to a large degree, you are contributing to the unbundling of finance. And I think it's glorious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's that's all part of the goal. I mean, I'm just trying to be out here getting normal people to talk about personal finance, right? Because I feel like it's still kind of a taboo topic, even though, you know, everyone has money, everyone has to deal with their money, but nobody really likes to talk about it. And I think a lot of it is now public information, you know, Reddit communities, blogs, podcasts, everything. So it's, it's nice to just be able to talk to my friends about it, talk to different people about it and just make it normal conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it's like you, you talk to your friend, but it's so weird because you talk to your friend, right, about a stock pick that'll mm-hmm. that'll take you to the moon. Yes. But you, you wouldn't necessarily talk to your friend about, hey, you know what, I I don't know how much money I'm gonna need uh to last me in retirement. I, I, I don't know what my savings rates are, you know, like like we wouldn't talk to our friends about things like struggling with budgets or or establishing financial goals. But if mm-hmm. if you're looking to get like a quick win or a quick a quick return somewhere, you you're you're all over the forums, you're yeah. You're signing up for stock picking newsletters. You're clicking on those YouTube ads. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the thing. I think there's just something so attractive about getting rich quick, but people don't really understand the attractiveness of getting rich slow, which is like something mm-hmm. that works. So tell me a little bit about the process of building passive and were there any interesting insights that you came across? Yeah, so I was really shocked at how people were willing to share and, and give give feedback on on development of passive because like in my culture, like people in Trinidad we're we're very direct and to the point. And so we wouldn't necessarily like care about your feelings or what you think. We'd be like, Yes, your babies are me. <laughs> um but but a lot a, a, a lot of people were like, This is great, this is this is awesome. Like I want you to do this one thing for me and it would be nice if you could improve that. And and I was I was really shocked at, at the the quality of feedback that we got. And it it's it's sort of like telling that people genuinely had this problem, but not only did they have the problem of like getting calculations, but they also had the problem of placing trades because the the original version of passive was just showing you the calculations. And we thought that people would not trust us to let, let passive place trades in their brokerage accounts. And I was sort of shocked to find out that, that people actually wanted the product to do that. And so eventually we we added a function that allowed users to click a button and have their their cash allocated their portfolios rebalanced and then over time it grew again because we had users saying well like i like the fact that you let me automate my portfolio management but what i'm really struggling with is all the stock picks that I have that aren't part of my actual balance fund portfolio i wish you could exclude these three stocks that I have because I just made a bet on them. <laughs> and I understood that because like I, even though I'm a hardcore believer in passive investing, I like to pick a few stocks. And I was trying to convince my business partner to add the same feature when we first started mm-hmm. passive. And so our philosophy has been, it's not what we want, it's what users want. And so when we started getting emails from users saying they wanted the same things, I went back to him. I was like, look, you yeah. see, 
they want this too. And so not only are people really good at giving feedback and helping us build this product for the community, what I've witnessed is that over time, people become, they, they may enter as a passive investor because they want to get like, get away from high fee mutual funds. But there's this spectrum that you you come in and then you might go from just, just holding a one fund ETF or using a model ETF portfolio to picking stocks. It's like a full spectrum. And I thought that was pretty cool because we've seen users sort of leveling up in terms of the types of features they're wanting because we thought that that was it we just needed to show calculations give people the ability to place their trades and that would be it products done turns out Mm -hmm. that people want more stuff and i think it's driven by their level of of knowledge about investing and so um that to me is is interesting but it's also a challenge for passive because we want to help people build wealth I don't want mm-hmm. necessarily to help someone go make risky bets that they then regret um, placing. And so that sort of like, I think, a challenge for passive as we grow. How do we help people explore their investing journey, but at the same time, not ruin themselves by by adding features that may not necessarily be good? And And one example of that is like, it's simple things like colors, right? So, you know, when you log into your brokerage account and you see like green because you're, you're in the money and you feel good, right? Yeah. What happens when you see red? How do you feel? Not good. You're just like, oh my gosh, like what's happening? Yeah. And so we get people saying, well, well why, why don't you give me colors so that I could see if I'm up or down? And there's a big reason why we don't. And that's just because we don't want people to panic. Because yeah. if you're investing, if you see red in indexes, I look at that as like a sale. So I'm like, cool. So should it really be red? It, I, I don't think it changes anything. And so like, those are the things we need to be mindful of as we grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that feedback is so important because, yeah, like you said, it's what the users want, right? And that's how you would build a whole product. So that's really interesting. How does passive differ in function from a robo-advisor? Because I know that robo-advisors do automatically rebalance your portfolio. They also can do tax loss harvesting. Yeah, so um, I see passive as a tool for someone that's a do-it-yourself investor. We actually differ a lot from robo-advisors in the sense that we we don't do KYC questions. We don't recommend assets. We could help you invest in a tax-efficient way, but we wouldn't tell you what to do. You got to know what you're doing and which, which assets to hold in the accounts you want to hold them in. Um, we just give you the functionality that lets a user do that thing they would do without having to use a spreadsheet. And so the truth is we're not actually going after a robo-advisor user because if you don't know what you should invest in and you don't know what your target allocation needs to be, then you probably shouldn't use passive because it means that you're probably going to need help and you might panic when the markets go down. And and so what passive does is it it lets a user basically replace their spreadsheet. If you know what you want to do and what your target mix is, passive is is probably the tool for you because you're you're basically turning your brokerage account into your own personalized robo-advisor service, but without the fee. I've seen users sort of level up. I, I once had a friend that had an account with a robo-advisor and 
he said, well, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open a brokerage account, replicate my portfolio, the portfolio that my robo-advisor has me in, and compare how, uh. how, I, how I do. And I was like, oh, really? Um, why are you going to do that? And they're like, well, because I want to know if I do better or worse. I'm like, well, you'd, you'd probably do around the same, less the fees that mm-hmm. the robo-advisor is charging, provided that you don't do crazy things like sell assets and like basically if you if you if you panic and you like like sell off all their assets when they're low and then try to get back in when they're high like yeah. those sort of things like I tell people like if you're trying to use passive just just use it but get some knowledge first. That's what I like about robo advisors is that they they give you at least the framework to work in and you know mentally if you can deal with that volatility in the market. Right. So the ideal user is someone who is already a DIY investor and is annoyed by spreadsheets, basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what brokerages does it work with in Canada? So Passive is integrated with Questrade in Canada. And if you are with Questrade, you actually get access to Passive Elite for free. We work with other brokerages outside of Canada, like TD Ameritrade, Interactive Brokers, um, Alpaca Tradier, and very shortly we'll be on Ally Invest. And so um, we we launched in Canada, but for us, we, we want to empower people all over the world that want to be passive investors and take their wealth into their own hands. And How can users ensure their security? Because I think that's a huge concern for people who are looking to use like new technologies. They're always like, how do I make sure that I'm not going to get hacked? Yeah. And, and I think that's, a, that's very important for anyone. And, and it was definitely a big factor for us. And that's sort of why we, we only work with brokerages that have open APIs because open APIs, well, first of all, what is an API? An API? Yeah. What is <laughs> yeah, <it>? yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an acronym for application programming interface, but basically it, it allows it, it allows two softwares to speak to each other safely. And so because Questrade had this open API, we were able to become partners with them. And that basically allows Passive to connect to users' brokerage accounts safely. For example, Passive does not hold a user's login credentials. That's all done through a token that Questrade and our brokerage partners outside of Canada create and give us access. Right. So what are your thoughts on the future of investing and wealth management? I think we're going to see more decoupling. I think we'll see more niche products for investors coming up. So like we've got crypto, you've got P2P lending, you've got some platforms let you do fractional ownership in real estate. There's there's a lot of things going on. And I think at some point there's going to be a need for a unifying platform that helps someone manage all of that. And I'm not sure it's going to be a bank. So if you look at how banks run, they try to like have you within their walled garden of products. And I think like 
as much as they try to do that, you're always going to see firms still offering niche products. Wealthica is a good example of that. Wealthica basically allows you to link all of your accounts and see it in one spot. But then on the other hand, let's talk about fees, right? So fees are being driven down quite substantially. Like in the past, you'd pay like two to three percent. I hope no one's paying two to three percent for like a mutual fund. But now you you can go to a robo and you can pay. I think if you consider the cost of the ETFs and the fee that they charge you for rebalancing, I think all in it's about like 0.75%, which is lower. But then you've got like one funds, which I think the all-in-one funds, they're like 0.25%, so 3x cheaper than a robo-advisor. I think where that's sort of going is that like people are just going to end up using fee-for-service advisors to help them with financial planning, tax planning. They may not be interested in paying a percentage of their wealth just for rebalancing. That's evidence in the products that are out there. It's just like I, I feel like there's still a bit more work that's needed on the financial advice and planning side. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people are becoming a lot more wary of financial advisors, especially at the bank because of that. And I think on one side of it, like the younger generation may not want a financial advisor at all because they're like, oh my gosh, like they're just going to try to sell me their mutual funds. But there actually is a lot of benefit that an investment advisor can give you, especially if it's like a fee for service one. Yeah, because you're not you're not you're not wondering if this person puts you in a fund and is getting a kickback. Yeah, like are you paying them or is the mutual fund company paying them? Who's paying them? I also think it's important to point out too that like and I, I fell into this trap that I'm a D- DIY investor and I thought, huh, I'm too smart. I knew everything, so I should all I need to do is just buy index funds, get my wealth, and I'll worry about it. But it's only up until when I read Preet Banerjee's book on um, disaster proof in your life, I realized that I was so focused on my investments that I missed out on insurance um, products to help me. And so I say this because I leveled up and I, and I got into personal finance through investing. But when I sort of like, past that stage, I realized like, oh my gosh, there are other things that I need to learn and understand. And so um, I think that basically people are just going to continue leveling up. Once you get in, you're going to get in, encounter situations that forces you to learn. And then that knowledge is, is going to help you. And then you're going to have to learn more things. And because you've sort of like built the framework to be self-taught, if you can teach yourself to invest, can't you teach yourself about insurance? Can't you teach yourself about estate planning? Where does it end? Yeah, there's a lot to learn. There's actually so much in the personal finance realm. And there's also just a lot of resources out there now. I think that with the internet and everything, there's there's so much at our fingertips. It's just a matter of buckling down and trying to pinpoint the information that's relevant to you. So that brings us to the end of our show. Where can people learn more about Passive? Yeah, for sure. So if you visit our website at www.passive.com, so that's P-A-S-S-I-V.com, you can see what we do, the brokerages we integrate with. If you are a listener and have an account with Questrade, you actually can use Passive at no cost. So I would definitely inv- invite you to check it out. And um, 
sign up, link your account, set up your target portfolio and place a few one-click trades. And then of course, like, let me know what you think. Awesome. And I will link it in the show notes as well. Well, Brendan, thanks so much for joining me today. I certainly learned a lot. No problem. Thanks for having me. Cheers. As the aspiring Misfindependent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.